What would you do if you won the lottery? My guess is you answered something that involved spending money. Now, some of you might have said, quit your job in your head. So let's talk about that for a second and the spending the money. Because at the end of the day, what you're talking about is happiness. So if you won the lottery, what would you do to make you happy? Well, you'd spend money or you'd take an action. You'd take a big, giant action of some kind. So start with a baby step. This weekend, just take a mini vacation. Go take a one-day vacation. Take a one-hour vacation somewhere you've never been before. Maybe it's a new restaurant by yourself. Just get some alone time and clear your head. Look at life in a new way. That's really what the lottery does is it gives you an opportunity to dream. It gives you an opportunity to take action. You can do that without winning the lottery. Because in reality, every day when you wake up, you just won the lottery because you have a new day to do whatever you want. And I want to get this Friday party started. Friday, Friday, Friday. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. And a happy Friday to you folks. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. We are recording on a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. So wait, it's Fridays. That's right, we're back from the future. And we're in our time machine with three E's. Time machine. <laughs> yeah. And we are recording our Friday show. Friday. On a Sunday. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spees. This is the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. We're in the play hard portion of the morning show. We're recording on a Sunday, but we're actually it's Friday's show because you had a busy week, I had a busy week. So our listeners don't know about the alien insectoid invasion yet. But we do have a business plan, and part of that business plan is to put out a daily show every day, which is Monday through Friday. Which would make sense daily. Yep. Well, it's it's not really daily. It's it's business. Hey, you know, you were going east, I was going west, or vice versa. I was gone. Five days out of the week, you were gone, what, four? Yeah, you know? I so mean, it, was, it was a tough uh, <laughs> week to do a morning show yeah. where we're in the same room. But we did put a quite a few of uh, work hard interviews because I was able to get those over the phone, and Jenica did a couple. By the way, Jenica, congratulations. Newest writer for Oil Woman Magazine. Congratulations. That is awesome. Sounds like she's going to have a column in the next issue. I was just wondering when we're going to start to see it. Okay. And if it goes well... Is it a general column or is she writing about specifics? She will be doing a similar column that we're doing for Oil Man magazine. Mm-hmm. Oil Man. Which, you know, that column's evolved through the years. It started out as actual legitimate uh, journalism, magazine <laughs> journalism. Bad. Well, it was, you know, you'd pontificate or you'd do a layered story because, mm-hmm. you know, you had a little bit more time and, and photos and glossy paper that you could tell a bigger story with. And then it went to, you know, I mentioned before, it went to uh, the Q&A because mm-hmm. some of the interviews I were getting were so big time, you know, like these were billionaires. Right. So these were like the transcript CEO type things. CEO transcript, uh, uh, chairman of the board type yeah. people that are now retired. $100 oil, baby. It was a good time. And so we did transcripts of these. And so we just did like straight out Q&A. And that's when I realized, boy, that's a tough thing to do. 
Like, because I, I, I would transcribe these things. Mm-hmm. I would sit and I'd type. Because in my mind, I'm thinking this is easier than actually writing the story. Nope. It was harder. You got to go back and listen, go back. Correct. Yeah, but you don't have to think. Yeah. So Yeah, but you probably I mean. got to be careful not to be like, well, I meant to say this and change something. That's when I realized that the audio part of learning is way different than the visual and the kinesthetic, which is the role-playing part. So, <laughs> anywho, that's a different topic for a different yeah. day. But I think Tracy Jordan, and then those went way. into the uh, I call it the uh, lazy journalism, which is just photographs mm-hmm. or editorializing. So, that's a little more difficult, you know. Editorializing, you got to stick your, you know, you got to stick your gumption out there. Mm-hmm. You got to put your cojones your out cojones, there. Oh, that's that's work. Yeah. That is work, you know. Photographs, easy. That's the easiest. That is the entry level, low hanging fruit. Okay, mm-hmm. especially now that you don't need a photographer. So the way when I first got into this, I paid a photographer to come with me. You had to. Yeah, just so, you needed somebody with specialist equipment. I had a exactly. Yeah, but then we went to okay. I just, sorry, buddy, my phone took over. Well, yeah, now I got a fifty million megapixel camera in my phone. Hey, magic amulet and uh, leech suckers. Mm-hmm. Penicillin's here. We don't need you anymore. Now, see, I wonder how they transitioned. Did they learn how to code? I, I'm pretty sure it was overnight, yes. They were, they were coding? <laughs> those coal miners? Yeah. Have those coal miners figured out how to code yet? Oh, Jesus. Have those oil and gas workers started building solar panels yet? Uh, I think it's wind turbines now. Oh, is that what the government's... Oh, they said solar panels. Well... I thought they did. Well, I think Biden said solar panels and Kerry said turbines or is vice versa. Well, and we know that uh, I think Elon Musk is starting to dip his toes into some of the uh, uh, offshore we, wind we, turbines. We, let's get back to where we were before because <laughs> now I'm going to get into the, I'm forgetting what we're talking about category. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we hadn't really discussed that yet. No, what was I ranting on? No, Come on. It depends. I mean, really. No, I wasn't talking about diapers. You were talking, <laughs> you're talking about publishing. You're talking Thank about you. Oil Man Magazine. You're talking about Thank Jenica's. You. New column. And then I started talking about myself. Because in the well, play it's hard, your show, man. <laughs> well, no, it's the play hard portion. That's it. That, no, that's just so funny you bring that up. Okay, so we want to talk about Jenica. We're going to figure that out. And then let's talk about that okay. because that was a big issue for me for okay. a long time. All right, we'll circle around. Because to go and do like a radio show or a podcast, you have to talk about yourself. And I don't like doing that. <laughs> I don't like doing that as much as you might not agree or with the statement I just said. If you go back and listen to all my past stuff, mm-hmm. what I do is about other people. Yeah. Has nothing to do with me. That's why I've actually have not evolved to that next level because I haven't allowed people to get to know me. Well, you've mostly done interviews up until this point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so this play hard yeah. portion. No, no, this is a conscious effort. So th- no, that's well, good. funny you bring that up because I, I this is a conscious effort. Uh, because that's why Jenica's coming in to do the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Because she's, if you notice, she's interviewing the politicians now, and I'm yep. not. Because I'm separating myself from that. You see, Frackleberry Hound doesn't like when I get yeah, animated. She, gets, she was sleeping just fine until you got all uppity. She gets up and goes in the bedroom when I do phone mm-hmm. interviews. She doesn't like it when times. Daddy gets angry. Okay, oh, she's going outside now. Oh, <laughs> Frackleberry Hound, did I upset you? No, that's a very conscious thing because as a journalist, you got to be very careful with your editorializing. Okay? I imagine, yeah. And, and when you want to just dink around. I love the word dink. Dink. Remember dink? I do. Shrinky dink? Shrinky dink? Dink. 
Dinkus. It was the name of a uh, family room. What are you guys doing? Houses. Just dinking around. Yeah, you go hang out. Watch in the dink. your language. No, honey, he said dink, not dick. <laughs> Oops, did I say that? <laughs> so, anywho, Jenica is uh, doing just doing fantastic stuff. Um, she's going to be doing the the, the quotes. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was okay. Getting back to the me again. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you know we were we were drifting. Oh, we, it was three seconds. We spent three. We're seconds. starting to lose focus here. We spent three seconds on Jenica's amazing accomplishments. No, uh, please continue on why this isn't about you. As I push the birthday recipient away from the cake, mine. It's my birthday now, folks. I'm paying for this microphone. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That's like the guy who paid for the birthday cake, pushing the birthday person <laughs> out of the way. I paid for this birthday cake. Me, 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 me. Okay. Hey, it worked for Reagan, man. So, uh, oh, that's that's good stuff there. Uh, we we went with the photo that was during the cancer fight. Is um, uh, I had, you know, obviously I had, I had photos from different events I was at. And so I was able to parlay and stretch some photos as here's Content. A, col- a collection of, yeah. of photographs, which is, you know, it's like People Magazine and party pics. And right. so all of a sudden, you know, we went from serious old school magazine journalism to where the editors of multiple magazines called me and said, we love that you actually interview people because we can tell you interview people where other writers are emailing back and forth, fine-tuning articles mm-hmm. with the person that they're supposed to be doing the article on. Oh, okay, right. Whereas I would just interview the experts who had no problem or were comfortable talking about whatever they talked about. Well, and then you're getting that spontaneous well, response. So then that became so apparent that some of the publishers were like, dude, let's just do transcripts because what you're bringing in is actually amazing. Right. It's Everyone good as else it is. is just doing the email back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. okay, which is, it's so polished, it's boring. Yeah. It's manufactured now, right? And we're coming out with this original stuff, right? And a transcript is as original as it comes, right? <laughs> well, and that's what's funny is that it's so basic, yeah. but that's what makes it unique now. But that's where the hold in the marketplace was is nobody was doing that yeah. anymore. Well, then, like I said, the cancer thing came, but then right before then, I, w- I went to like three or four events, trade shows, barbecues. Mm. We, I think we did one of, you know, themed type community events. So we're able to stretch it in almost, you know, six months of, uh, of articles. Yeah, that's a lot of content. Which essentially was just a paragraph of writing and then a dozen photos, right? <laughs> Well, then we kind of put two and two together, right? Okay, the ev- how evolution works, right. right? You look at the past and go to the future. And so we thought, boy, you know what? We've had such great guests on, and we're continuing to have such great guests. And we love the fact that we'll bring on the cafe owner, the trucker, the, the petroleum geologist, the CEO, mm-hmm. the U.S. senator. The food delivery guy. The food deliver Exactly. What if we just did a whole smearing smodge podge smorgasbord? Okay, couple words that were made. Got some metaphors there. Think metaphor? Sure, sure. Let's go with that. Gibberish, really. (laughs) But whatever. And and we kind of attributed to like that um, uh, USA Today page where all fifty states were represented with a paragraph. Oh yeah, a little capsule of news. Yeah, Yeah. and other places they'll have like a page of just kind of quick hit stuff, tidbits, if you will. Yeah. 
we kind of looked at it like that, and it has actually became the back page. So the last exit interview, if you will, I forgot about the exit interview. We actually called the column exit interview for like four months. Okay. Just to try that. Um, but it became this kind of just variety of uh, uh, different quotes. So Jenica's has interviewed the Texas Railroad Commissioner, mm-hmm. Christy Craddock. Uh, Leslie, Governor Wyoming, I think, right? Gov- uh, no, he was a male. So, no, these are females that she's interviewed. Okay, yeah. For Oil Woman magazine. So uh, we have, uh, what's her name? Leslie Rutledge, the Arkansas Attorney General. We've Ooh, got, uh, uh, I'm sorry? I said that'll be a good one. Right. So yeah. we've got, uh, exactly, and Stephanie Canales mm-hmm. with Cougar Drilling. So we've got all these different uh, roles represented, too. So she's just doing fantastic. That's so awesome. It, we got back to Jenica eventually. So. <laughs> well, really, it is. It's all connected, man. It's just good journalism is what we're looking for. All right. Now that I'm bored, see, why I don't like talking about myself. Because I think if I bore myself talking about me... I would assume everyone else has fallen asleep by now or tuned into the Ron Burgundy podcast. <laughs> well, hey, tell me about that that other one we hadn't talked about, the Walmart Aldi, the nickel oh, offsets. No. Oh, no. I want nickel offsets. We've got three, man. Hey, you to choose from. Oh, okay. Should we get we, the music? Let's do it. I don't want this to keep going. Yeah, really, this should, like, replace all the music we have. Let's just listen to this for a half hour. All right, let's see what we got today on the Cutting Room Floor edition of the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard, Work Hard. Today's the Friday edition of the morning show. We're recording on a Sunday. The future. It's in our time machine with three E's. All right, we are recording, so that's good. Okay, the Walmart Aldi nickel offsets. That's what I have written down. Bing, bing, bing. Next, we have a four-part series, and it could be more than that, on... Oh, no, never mind. I crossed out four. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> this is the cutting room floor right, edition. Man, yep. New world leadership is what I've got written down. Okay. Let's see. Turning 40, cool to creepy. We did that one on Wednesday. <laughs> future fear, future hope. Okay, and, and hope is written in a different colored ink, so apparently... We weren't sure what to put there. We, we filled just, that blank in later. Yeah, it, was a, it was an ab lib. <laughs> and there's another one, by the way, Bach and Barbecue Checkbox, and I'm not even sure what that means, but apparently at some point that was on the cutting Maybe we're just going to be plugging the Bach and Barbecue and the secret, secret announcement you're know, you still keeping from us? Let's cross that one off because we've got a big announcement coming okay. on, on Monday's so, or Tuesday's show. Okay. With the Bach and Barbecue. Now, it's spudtacular. So you're finally going to tell us what it is. I don't want to give out any clues. Tell you guys, he's been tight-lipped. You butter be there. Okay. Keep all your eyes open. Gotcha. And I don't want to give out any clues, but I certainly do want to point out that someone or something Mm -hmm. is in for a root awakening. Awesome. So I'm guessing clam bake or it's going to be brisket. Could, could be the reintroduction of three-wheelers. Woo! And who knows what direction we're going to go <laughs> with the Bakken Barbecue, the ninth annual Bakken Barbecue coming up June 19th. The Crude Life is going to have a smoker there. That's also part of our big announcement. All right. Tune in this week to the Crude Life Morning Show. We've got a big announcement coming, not only with the Bakken Barbecue, what we're going to be 
giving away presenting. As our food. Right. Presenting. Right. With a spectacular announcement. Who knows what it's going to be? Yeah. I'm, I know some people are speculating. Hmm. Kale? S- uh, it's kale, isn't it? Smoked kale. Smoked kale. Oh, I God. think you would get arrested for oh, that. And I, that's not even for a pot reference. Dude, I that's can, just the fact that it's disgusting. I can taste that. So we got that coming up. All right. So what do we got? Which one do you want to choose here? Oh, let's man, cross look, that one out. Come on. Let's, let's do Walmart and Aldi. First of all, most people probably don't know what an Aldi is. Well, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Oh, they are down south. Are they? Oh, yeah. Okay. They're actually, they're more in Texas than they are in other states. Oh, really? Yeah. I see, I thought Texas we were cutting Oklahoma. edge. No, okay. no. Oh, no. So uh, they're not in Nevada, though. I know that. Yeah. Not much so, is. <laughs> there's a couple things going on here. So I was coming back from Bismarck, North Dakota, and I stopped in Steele, North Dakota. Great name. In fact, I'm going to post this photograph, otherwise known as a pic. P-I-K. P-I-K. Okay. We're all in a hurry now. No, you're hip. I don't want to spell. Right. I don't want to say the entire word. Why why do you need the K? Just go with the C. Pick. C needs more rolls in the See, but when I I see P-I-K, I think of something you use to stab ice or clean your teeth. There are some very bored literary people that actually believe the C should be eliminated from the English language because it serves no purpose. You could probably make that case for a lot of the English language. Okay. <laughs> and before we get into nerd... So you're world, in Steel, North Dakota. I'm at a place called the Coffee Cup. Okay. It was a whiskey shop or something? And the only reason I'm saying where it's at is because it's going to be in the photo, in the pic. Okay. It's going to be in the photograph that I took with my handheld computer. Okay. How's that for stretching this yeah. shit out? Okay. Boom. Hey, man, we're real deep here on yeah. a Sunday. They pay us by the Friday. word. Friday. It's a Friday. live. That's right. Live show on a we're, Friday. We're from Sunday. We are not at our Sunday time machine <laughs> with three E's. Okay. So getting back to Steel, North Dakota. Yeah, and the, by the way, anybody who's been at the Bakken knows exactly which place I'm talking about. They got a little dog park. Uh, they have a little area where you can sit and eat like four or five benches mm-hmm. and even a little, I think a little swing area even. So it's a great, it might even be a public private partnership type of event. Okay. So sort of like a rest stop slash restaurant. It's a total rest stop. Okay. okay? And the inside they have, you know, the future of America, which has these gas stations with a, a Taco Bell, a Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. uh, a food co- court, basically. a coffee place, right? A mini yeah. food court. Yeah. They've got a caribou coffee, a... Pizza Hut, a Subway, and then room for, I think, one more, which was a Taco Bell at one point, and then that went away. And anyway, so we, we were there. I went up to the Caribou because I wanted an Americano. Yes, I like Americanos. Well, that's coffee, right? That is a couple shots of espresso with hot water. Ooh. It's Americano because an espresso is a correct way to drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like okay. the way Italians drink it, an okay. espresso. Okay. Americano, the wimp version, not like an Italian men put hair on your chest. You got to put hot water. <laughs> I don't in need no Italian or French. Nobody's telling me how to drink my coffee. No, the French, they press it. Yeah. French press. They yeah. figured out that they like to press it. Actually, French press can taste pretty yummy. Where do you think the, the name Chris without the H and two S's came from? <laughs> I'm saying the it. French. Yeah. Why do you think Texas won't allow them? Took hey, them out of the history. They do have a Paris. The only reason anybody knows about Texas or France and Texas is because of Six Flags. <laughs> Nobody even talks about France with the Alamo anymore. 
All right, let's get back but to what I, I was digress. talking about. Steel, North Dakota. This is supposed to end up, by the way, in Walmart and in Aldi. I'm waiting for it. Okay. This is the long... I'm, I'm hooked. Long road we're yeah. taking here. <laughs> so there I am. It's all about the Steel, journey. Steel, North Dakota, within three E's, by the way. <laughs> Steel, North Dakota, with three E's, because it's S-T-E-E-L-E. Well... I, I didn't wow. plan that. Yeah, the, well, you didn't write it. With the time machine with three E's. Right, been yeah. thematicing all week. <laughs> if you go to our website, thecrudelife.com, and you click on the Friday's edition show, Play Hard, Work Hard, episode, I believe, 65. I believe so. I'm going off memory, so I apologize. And I'm going to have a picture of what I experienced at the Caribou Coffee, which is, because of COVID, we got to blame COVID right out of the gate. Sure. I just assumed. Can't argue with COVID. Otherwise, you're now in 15 political battles and you want old people to die. We're right out of the gate. Okay. Because of COVID, you have to use their cups. Okay. You, you can no longer bring in your own... No reusables. Reusable cups. Yeah. But they will give you a sustainability discount. It's a, it's, it's a dime. Okay. Okay. So my snarky text to my friends when I took a picture of it was um, COVID trumps climate change. (laughs) Nickel offsets. Yep. And that's where I think we're at. So it's interesting because we have the immediacy of a pandemic Mm -hmm. with COVID. But my God, if we don't take care of climate change now today, we're all going to die today. Well, so, so I, what, what do you do? Well, I think you bring back styrofoam burger containers because <laughs> those things were awesome. So we bring back the, the reintroduction of three wheelers, yeah, right? There you go. Let's make America oh, great again. That's how you do it. You know, <laughs> or it's the member berries. Just real quick, I found yeah. a picture recently of three of my buddies and I sitting on ATVs. This is in Saudi Arabia back in like eighty six, eighty seven, and one of a one of the guys, I think his name was Nate. He's got his arm in a sling. I guarantee you is because of that thing. <laughs> I actually I have multiple scars because of three wheelers. Yeah. Permanent scars. I had one flip on me. I had one run over me. I never owned one, but my friends had them. Oh. And no helmets. We just go bouncing off into the desert. I went through a garage. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. I went through a three uh, barbed wire fence. That's where Ooh, that's where these scars are. Really? From. Yeah, they're not really from a puma. I just make that up. Oh, see, I thought it was when you were in Nam. Oh, did I tell you that? <laughs> you got to keep that stuff straight, That's actually straight, funny man. because I don't think you were, you know, you didn't do the math then. Okay. I didn't. No, no. <laughs> did I say Nam? Because I, I... No, I'm oh. just making that up. Oh, because I... Up. No, I make up shit all the time about this. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not getting... So people ask me about... Okay, folks, I've got scar. I have more scars than you care to know about. That's why I don't have tattoos. Because I've got so many scars, I don't want to take away from the scars. No, you've got they're I've cool got, scars. I've got man. 38 stitches outside of my head, eight inside my head for the one where I took a cinder block to the skull. Okay. Yeah. The one which, on my neck, which you can see, mm-hmm. I have zero stitches. The one on my chest, the one on my chest, the Is one on the my chest, wire? and the one on my chest. <laughs> And then the one on my stomach, and then the 15 on my leg. Ouch. Yes, I did say chest four or five times because there's but that many. if you were here, you'd see him pointing to different places. So all these were from the barbed wire fence when I was checking gopher traps. That's I was an entrepreneur, man. <laughs> you, you, got, you got 50 you cents. You can't make that. <laughs> yeah, got, barbed wire fence took me out while I was checking the gopher holes. 
On a three wheeler. <laughs> so what? How gave, else are you going to make money? What gave you or the barbed wire fence? Did you go flying off that thing, or did it come oh, off the post? Oh, that clothesline the shit out did of it? me, oh, man. Oh man! But Ouch. it was it was a uh, three level barbed wire fence. Oh. So that's why I have scars in the neck. Yeah. Scars in the chest and scars in the legs, and it took me right out. Man. Oh yeah. Farmers probably like, well, it worked. You know, we're going to this story. We, we <laughs> might as well keep going. So yeah. then took me out because, you know, you got 50 cents. And when you go, when, when you went to the uncle's farm, you might as well work. Right. Because <laughs> then you got to take out the three-wheeler. Well, I, coming back, well, the only person that was home was my cousin Holly. Well, she faints at the sight of blood. The only family member that faints at the sight of blood, is the only one home. I could just picture you coming home like dragging barbed wire off your chest. So here I am bleeding. Yeah. And my cousin Holly won't let me in the house. She's screaming, freaking out. We live, what, 30, 45 minutes from the nearest hospital? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Wilmer, Minnesota was the closest place. Jesus, yeah. So here we are. She throws a wet rag to me. I'm sitting Indian style, basically, out in the baking sun, just with a wet rag, just all kinds of scars. She went on to become well, a nurse, right? By the time anybody of authority came home, because she was probably 15, 16 at the mm-hmm. time, I was, you know, what was I, eight, nine? Oh, your blood should have been um, clotting at that point. Well, it was before I went full time as a paper boy at age 10, so I was probably eight. Driving a three-wheeler, checking gopher traps. Because that's what we did. We had to work. Mm-hmm. Because when your dad works at the post office, you don't have any money, right? <laughs> you don't get an allowance. You don't get any, you don't get any entrepreneurship program giving you government <laughs> stimulus money. Good thing you're not bitter, though. Not at all. I bit him, too. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am. And so long story longer, by the time... Anybody came home, it was too late for me to go to the hospital to get stitches at that time. So that's why these scars are puffy. Let you seal up, huh? Just seal up on its oh, own. Oh, man. Rub it, some dirt on but it. But it took several weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to sleep in a quarantine for several weeks. Oh, yeah. I had some very odd, like, iron lung type where, yeah, it was it was like, Nuts, bu- it was like bubble boy type uh, uh, Vaseline, salves. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was almost Native American- uh, West Eastern enter Eastern medicine, you uh-huh. know, uh, type of a thing. Yeah. Where the just... doctors were like, the only option we have is to like recut everything. Uh, open. And, yeah. Right. And it was yeah. like, but that was expensive because insurance wasn't going to cover. That. Right. I just would have got, grabbed the staple gun. Dunk, 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 dunk. They didn't have staples then. Oh yeah. No, this wasn't even just, this was back in the day when it was well, probably regular thread that you bought at the you know right it's a ben franklin michael's hobby shop lobby shop ben franklin (laughs) if they're still in business right that type of thing so um three wheelers and then another one uh i have an actual scar on my ankle Mm -hmm. from the tire because i got ran over at such a young age it imprinted and kept growing with my oh yeah so it's 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 faint wow but you can still see it oh yeah and then, well you know i i think all those scars they're good stories but you could always make stuff up too you know went through a rabbit uh the car not the okay <laughs> i'm just trying to picture that you exploded through an animal something like yeah there was close to double digits uh, um accidents on a three-wheeler in fact it got to the point to where i got banned from them through the uh 
I forget um, when they finally yeah. got outlawed. Uh, oh, this yeah, this was well before the government but, took over. My uh, my family members and cousins had to step in, and uh, as the uh, I was the I was the kid that actually climbed the pine tree to where the the it would bend. That's how high. That's I how high go. up you were. The 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 tree started bending yeah. from my weight. Man, being your parents, they should just change you to a chair. Or we something. can talk about when I burned my house down sometime too. Okay, <laughs> I was five years old, man. We'll talk about that in another podcast because oh, I got I got all kind I got more stories than Mother Goose, baby. That's why oh, all my friends always say you should write a book. I'm like, I'm a writer. <laughs> yeah, but hey, man, you got this venue right now. I mean, we were starting to talk about Walmart nickel offsets, and we ended up oh, on we ATVs, get to that, don't we? <laughs> we never did get to that. Did no, we? we 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 took a hard left out of Steel, North Dakota. All right, so getting back to Walmart now, if we've got any listeners left, because I bore <laughs> with my stories. I know, bore to snore. I'm sure you know we've still got the uh, criminally unemployable and the people that have passed out. There are some people that can command a room with their voice. And there are those people that are zero to 50 in two seconds. Yep. And then there's me. I bored a snore. That's how it goes, man. Power So wagon. anyway, uh, Aldi and Walmart, they're literally across the street from each other in my town. Aldi is a European grocery store. Germany, I believe, is where they're headquartered. That sounds about okay. right. Walmart, American-run Arkansas, I believe, right? Arkansas yep. is where they're headquartered out of, Little yep. Rock. Yep. Fueled like by products made in China. Well, that's fine, but they're headquartered uh, mindset. Okay? Right, right. Mindset, mindset out of America. Definitely. Aldi, mindset out of whatever. They are both marketplaces at the end of the day for yours and my and everybody else's daily goods and services. Absolutely. Okay? Walmart is the marketplace, and Aldi is a minor version of it for other people. Aldi will not allow you to shop there unless you use a reusable bag. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can't bring in disposable bags. You got to have a reusable bag. You got you it's something you got to bring in, or you yeah. got to buy one of theirs, right? or you carry it out by hand. I've done that by accident. Walmart's the opposite. They will not let you use a reusable bag because of COVID. I think it's really interesting that we are just living in a day and age where some random convenience store in Steel, North Dakota, can say COVID. Use our cups. And then you go to Aldi and they say, you know what? No, um, we're all about the environment and climate change. So we're sticking with our guns and yeah. we're just going to sanitize things, isn't that? And Walmart's like, nope, disposable bags. We're not messing around with this bull crap. I mean, it's just, it's interesting how people can pick and choose. Well, it's so patchwork. You know, it really is. You know, but, yeah. but citing COVID as yeah. their uh, inarguable, it was kind of like, you know, when uh, Obama was president. For the first year, oh, he's black, so you can't you can't touch it. He's racist, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Hillary with the female thing and uh, children. When that whole movement came, baby on board and mm-hmm. Special Olympics. There's always this ushering in period where if something is different, that's what people use as their low hanging fruit to either advance something Absolutely. or 
excuse something. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, they, have you noticed that Walmart and Aldi? Oh yeah. I mean, because again, uh, in my part of town, there's one right across the street from the other. Yeah. And so, oh, they're across the street. Yeah, that too, new literally? one. That's, that new one's there on 52nd. It's a yeah. smart strategy, by the way. It is. It is because uh, I'll give it to Aldi. They have a great deal on fresh fruit. They've got you know, it's usually much better quality. They've got a lot of good stuff, and I don't mind that taking in our own bag because we have our own totes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's the it's the disparity that you jumps out at you, you know. Uh, I don't really have a problem with it, but it just it's just kind of funny, if anything else. You know what gets me about Walmart, by the mm. way? As long as I'm uh, chapping my hide here by myself. That might have came out wrong. Okay. <laughs> hey, you put your pants on one assless chap leg at a time, just like the rest of us. Is I've noticed with this COVID mask thing is I'm not as uh, offended by if you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask. I mean, I've got my own personal beliefs on that, and um, I don't really want to get into that. Where I'm offended is seeing this newfound authority in these minimum wage employees. Oh, geez. Come on. I mean, this... Oh, there's some people like... Oh, Well, there's man. always going to be people that will abuse the that's power. That's what I'm right? saying. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. It's, yeah. it's weeding out these guys. That I, That's where my problem is coming. Listen, most of them, they're just doing their job, and you can tell. Yeah. But there's some, like, they've been waiting their whole life for this. There are some people out there that the itch just doesn't stop. And I don't care if it's a minimum wage... Walmart employee that is being some mask Nazi or, mm. you know, whatever the term is. I'm not even sure that it's still itching. We get it in the media too. Podcast ain't enough. Now I'm in the radio. Right. Now I'm in a newspaper. Fox news is next. It's the same itch. Mm-hmm. It's the same itch. Right. And I'm not trying to get into political discussion yeah. here. I'm trying to get into human nature discussion here, which is, Folks, we've had a lot of time for reset. And a lot of people reset. Yeah. So we're going to have a whole different world when we get back. You know, I read this article the other day that was talking about how the effects of this global pandemic probably will have, you know, decades of repercussions on a scale they could classify like World War II when that ended. You know, how much things changed as a result of that. They were using that as sort of a a barometer, I guess, to say, you know, we're seeing that kind of change come out of this. I think it's going to be more like um, probably turn of the century when you had the Spanish flu. And I really believe that because uh, that's when automobiles were introduced. Mm. And I do think when you had automobiles, the Federal Reserve, and planes, airplanes, that all came within the same 20-year span. I think isn't that how it worked? Well, yeah. the The Spanish flu took place in uh, 1918, turn of the century, yeah, right? Turn of the century. Crackleberry. Okay. Um, hold on here. Let's take a quick so yeah, pause. yeah. Media though is Pressure a really valves. different one because you know I've seen it my whole life. Got to remember, I worked back before the internet. I'm that old. Back then, it was just rocks, right, and papyrus. Was, yeah, I mean, it was back when when I first got into the media. Carrier pigeons. Magazines had light tables. <gasps> Wow. That's how old I am. Wow. Right? Yeah. Episode Wednesday of our time machine, we talked about <laughs> cool to creepy. Yeah. Once you hit the age of 40, I'm so old, I remember light tables, folks. 
You remember when things like that mattered. We had to walk both hills up way. <laughs> in the snow. In the snow. Yeah, on fire. You like that, both hills up way? Oh, yeah, that's both a, hills up that's way. That's how old that's... I am. I don't even know how to say <laughs> phrases right. He doesn't make English so good. <laughs> it used to be where I was so cool that I used to re... I would set the narrative. Something now like, I'm just losing yeah. my shit, man. Like Grandpa Simpson <laughs> so, said, you know, is it when when he knew what, what it was? He didn't even know what it was when he was around that time. <laughs> I think my favorite Grandpa Simpson line is that the fax machine is nothing more than a telephone and a waffle maker. That's right. <laughs> anyway. So. Back to the, to the itching. Itch, you're seeing this in social media now. The need, itch. the need to be. Oh, you get ten likes, that itch starts. Yeah, yeah. I want twenty likes. Mm-hmm. Oh, how can I get twenty likes? And pretty soon, the protester becomes more of a protester. What's well, weird that we're setting up this economy that just basically feeds itself. Well, how do you think fans only started? Yeah, was that that's a way to monetize mm-hmm. likes? Somebody finally said, you know what? I'm getting tired of posting my bikini pics for free. Right. How can I capitalize on this shit? Okay, so then they went and said, all right, fans only. Give me 5, 10, 20, 30 bucks a month, whatever it is. People are making some serious bank there. I'm all for that. Good for you. Yeah, I think you should set up an account. Good for you. How would I do with a fans only? I think you should, man. Only fans. What is it? I don't know. You could be one of those thirst traps, you know. What's that word? It's good looking guy. Thirst got, yeah. trap. That's that's what I hear. That's what the Thirst kids tell me. Trap. Yeah. That just sounds like a porn title. <laughs> what the hell's a thirst trap? What? Okay, I I could be using it wrong, but that's I didn't what even I've heard. Know cancel culture was a word until like a month ago. So what is thirst trap? Well, so it'd be like you doing uh, manly man things, you know, uh, cutting a cord of wood, putting up a new deck, taking the dog out for a walk, probably shirtless. Taking the dog out for a walk is a manly thing? Well, I think if you're going for the whole... <laughs> you're a man doing chores. And that is attractive. <laughs> and I think you could probably make money on that. You got, Plus, you got that whole uh, romantic heart thing going on. appealing to women? <laughs> Apparently. Like women, some pay. women. I mean, we, okay, no, okay, no, okay. Fan. I mean, we could we could go into only fans. great detail of the weird crap men get into. Well, they do a fine job of that themselves. Uh, yep, exactly. But they pay for that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so they pay ten, twenty, thirty, fifty bucks a month, whatever yeah. they pay to these OnlyFans women that send them videos and pictures, and some do live chats, right? Yeah, I think it's it's a variety of content, right? Mm-hmm. So. That there's 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 women out there that'll pay to go watch a guy cut wood, maybe to look at pictures with I don't know uplifting, heartwarming quotes attached to them. So are they doing? They're doing pictures and video. That's what I understand. Yeah. Well, this is awesome, dude. I think you got to tap into this, this market. Awesome. I got to grow a mustache, but well, you could. You kind well, of if a I'm going to do, do it, Swanson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, if you're going to be manly, be manly. Yeah. Well, know. I think about what a summer or two ago when you had the full on. Like wood wood logger beard. No, thing going that was on. a little too Ted Kaczynski Unabomber looking okay. to me. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like that look at all. I would, I, you know, maybe. And now I got the alopecia, you know, down in the lower part of my beard, so lower I can't grow a beard. Yeah. So I, I could do the mustache. Do the mustache. All right. Huh. Yeah, we'll a, have to work on that. I could see you with some handlebars right there. Do Ooh. these men wear their shirts? In some pictures, no. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have abs. So here's what I'm picturing. But I don't. But okay. So if you but if you take the shirt off and you do abs, 
you're in a whole different vein, aren't so you? So the way it was explained to me is think of it as this. It's the romance novels, right? The covers. Right. right? So you got you got Paul Bunyan. It's 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 the Fabio covers, it's oh, those passion, Fabio right? Would it's be it's the shirt okay, off. right. But it's you. It's guys. You. They're they're creating that content, and they're you know people are paying for monthly access to it. It's not pornographic, at least the stuff I've heard about. It's just so men being men. If I took my shirt off and walked my dog, mm-hmm. which I do in the summer all the time, yeah. Why? Do, so that goes back to the itch. How do we monetize what you already do? No, that goes back to Mitch Hedberg. Now, Mitch Hedberg. Okay, Mitch Hedberg, the Great comedian and prophet and philosopher, mm-hmm. okay? Mitch Hedberg, who's now dead from heroin. Overdose. Mitch Dedberg, gotcha. Mitch Dedberg, yes. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, he, he, he's a great stand-up, and the gist of it is this. He talked about when he was on Letterman, and he got bumped because Madonna was on, and she was went long, and this and that. And he was talking to his dad, and his dad was given some sort of judgmental statement about how he didn't get on Letterman. Mm-hmm. So he just says to his dad, well, I don't know. I sat back in the green room and I ate cantaloupe and I got paid for it. You probably eat cantaloupe for free. <laughs> so if I'm just going to be posting pictures <laughs> of myself walking my dog, why exactly. don't I get paid for it? Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? Well, Isn't that where we're at? It's, it's not like you're going to be able to tap into some of this federal money or state money that we're talking about, right? So, hey. Now who's bitter? Dude, you got to make it yourself. Bit him too. Fake it till you make it. They'd probably pay for that. Right? People biting other people. I mean, you could, you could get crazy. You got yourself a dog. You got yourself abs. <laughs> well, I'm just saying You're that an American if, if, man with a good head of hair. If this is the next marketplace, hey, we got to figure this out, right? I'm we got to we got to figure it out. Yep, absolutely. Well, the new flat order isn't that the way the economy is? We live in a flat world now, Apparently. according to the economy, because mm-hmm. you can order China, you can order Europe, you can order South America. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon brings the whole world together. Globalization. Good times, man. Well, that's going to wrap it up today for this Friday edition that we're doing on a Sunday. Via Time Machine. Cutting Room Floor edition here that we're doing where we're just trying to get caught up because Sterling was out of town five times this week. How many days in a work week? Oh, man. Well, when you work for yourself like you do, there's seven Oh, that's right. We work eight <laughs> days a week. I forgot about yeah. that. I'm looking for that eight day off. We're part of that skin in the game. Yeah. Entrepreneurs, yeah. by the way. I got some scuffed which knees Which we right are going to talk about because the ones that did not make it to the whatever wackiness we just did. What do we call that? <laughs> cutting, our, room our floor. cutting room floor bits. I, I already you know? forgot what we just did because <laughs> I'm trying to get to next week. So we are going to start talking about the new world of leadership because we are in a whole new world of leadership like skin in the game entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. okay another one is the silent and inaccessible leader yeah okay and we're going to be very lack of leader well that's the idea that you know and the api and um uh lack of uh coming out against or for or uh api came out with climate pricing carbon tax our thing has been very simple that how have these organizations that get money to specifically be leaders, how have they not issued a statement that just says we're for carbon pricing, we're not for carbon pricing, we don't quite know what we're doing yet, 
We'll come back to you. Yeah, so we'll just roll over and play dead and hope you forget about it. Well, that's what I mean. Just come out with a press release that says, we don't know yet. This is complicated. Yeah. So we're going to get into that. All kinds of stuff coming next week. All right, see who else we got. We've got Cat uh, Galloway, Mayor of Bismarck, Steve Bakken, as well as the Bismarck Forestry Director. Let's see, Catherine Hill, President Patronus Petroleum. We finally got that interview done. Nice. And you remember when we talked about when the college bowl games came? Mm-hmm. That's when we actually were going to do our first game show music, yep, actually. Yep. We were going to do a game show, and I was going to quiz Sterling on what bowl game had energy companies sponsor. Which, thank God, you did not. Well, then it turned out, I think there was one or zero. I can't remember. It, was, I, it might be zero now. I think it was zero, but it might have been one in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Either and like Exxon might have had an early bowl, I think, that maybe might have been a bowl, not yeah. a bowl, when they're experimenting that stuff. So, But what we noticed is that, oh, they, there wasn't any. No. Well, it's like a rejection of the tobacco industry. I've got a gentleman that's coming on our program that was just on the Houston Astros uh, home opener. And he posted on social media, took pictures of all the different oil companies that have sponsorship banners all over now, whatever, is it Enron Stadium? Whatever Enron Stadium <laughs> is down in Houston. I don't know who sponsors it in Houston, yeah. so I apologize. It's, it used to I be don't a, think it's Enron, but I don't know. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> that would be kind of cool still. If they paid advance. Right. And like, they were, they're still locked right, in. Right. They're still locked into their contracts, <laughs> so it's still Enron. It's their only equity. <laughs> well, folks, that's going to do it. You'll find out that plus much more next week. That's going to do it for this Friday's edition which we're recording on a Sunday with our time machine with three E's. Try to work that out. On the Crude Life Morning Show, play hard, work hard. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spies. This has been the Cutting Room Floor Edition. Catch up. We'll see you Monday. It was a bloody merry morning. Blue eyes cried in the rain. I took the last train to Georgia. Standing in the rain. I woke up on a diesel track. Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... Chewy Paws, all-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Kat Galloway with Bright Sky Environmental. Today we're going to talk about two things and possibly more, but we're going to talk a little bit about the environment as well as some ways that the oil and gas industry is... I don't know if you want to agree with me, but my contention is that they're the leaders in the environmental movement, and I did win an environmental tournament with that thesis. Also, we want to talk about women in industry and just women in business. So how are you doing today, Kat? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Kat Galloway. That's a great name, by the way. That's uh, <laughs> Kat now with a K. So tell, is that short for something, or did you just have some cool hippie beatnik parents? Well, yes, both. <laughs> my, my 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 first name is Catherine, so I've I've been going by Cat since I was in high school. Okay, that's uh all right. I was thinking more of like you know cool cat. I used to hang out with a guy that used to call people a cool cat, and he was yeah. what was his email address? Something smooth, but there was four O's in the word smooth, and he would wear the Ray Bans <laughs> inside, and oh yeah, he was. One of a kind. Anywho, yeah, let's, no, I'm, not, I'm not that cool. <laughs> let's transition to uh, Bright Sky Environmental for a second. Uh, the, the, the name, of course, stands out, and let's talk about that as well as uh, what it is you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background has, has been in environmental consulting, and, and I've been doing this for 18 years. Um, I formed Bright Sky Environmental in 2018, um, and just decided that with all the companies I had worked with that I could do it better myself. So when I started the company, I wanted to have kind of a, a positive feel to it and, you know, thought about a lot of different names and, and really just landed on, on Bright Sky. So it's a, it's a positive thing. Um, most of my clients are, are upstream and midstream oil and gas. Um, and so we support them with environmental compliance, uh, primarily in the, the air permitting and compliance side. What kind of feedback do you get either from the industry or non-industry with the name Bright Sky Environmental when it comes to having oil and gas climates? My, you know, the crude life, we're pretty upfront and, uh, you know, <laughs> aggressive. And, you know, there's, there's no question what we are. So uh, do you get anybody that kind of does a double take when you start talking about working with oil and gas clients with the name Bright Sky Environmental? You know, not, not really. So I'm, I'm based here in Texas. Uh, I'm in Austin, and we have a lot of oil and gas here in Texas, and I've had a really good welcome, and um, all of my clients have been, you know, very positive about the name. I haven't really had any, anyone really question me or, or be aggressive um, on that at all. Let's talk a little bit about what it is that you've consulted and seen and, and et cetera. So what types of uh, environmental innovations or advancements have you seen 
since what, 2018, you said? Yeah, so I, I started Bright Sky in, in 2018, but I've been I've been working in the oil and gas industry since about 2010. Um, so I've and I've been doing air permitting for about 18 years. So I've I've seen a lot in the past several years. I think right now one of the big focus areas is reducing air emissions and reducing flaring. So that's been a, a big topic, you know, in, in Colorado. Um, right now in, in New Mexico, there are some new rules coming out regarding venting and flaring. Um, and it's, it's a big topic here in Texas as well. So what I've been working with my clients on for several years now is, is how do we design a facility better how do we operate a facility better so that we are reducing emissions and reducing flaring? Um, and I've seen a lot of, you know, some, some basic facility designs, you know, like instead of, instead of flaring all of your gas, you know, let's see what we can do to capture it, right? So there's been a lot of really cool technologies coming out regarding vapor capture, vapor control, um, doing micro, um, you know, micro midstream at a site to, to convert vapors to, um, you know, natural gas liquids, you know, just, just some really cool ideas that are out there. Um, and it's, it's really been, I, I've seen a lot of industries really focusing in on being proactive to, to reduce those emissions. Mentioned air quality up here in the Bakken. We've had some issues with the uh, environmental activists, the climate activists, uh, and robots uh, with the Davis Refinery and the uh, spearheaded by Meridian Energy Group, where they, during public comments, something close to 11,000 emails, and they were, mm-hmm. they were all copy and pasted. That's why I say robots. Okay. And of course, you know, here you got Meridian Energy Group. They've they've met every qualification. They've hit every milestone. Every time that they've been audited, it's come out that the science is correct. And I just I just think of that poor guy that's got to sit and copy and paste the uh, ten eleven thousand responses back because they had to. You know, they had to respond yeah. to every single one of those emails. And mm-hmm. it was the same thing, of course, because it was the same question. But still, that yeah. takes time and resources and. Uh, talk to me a little bit about just the air quality side of things and really how that has changed the the entire industry. Because my example that I would give is Meridian Energy Group. They've they 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 fought probably for two, three, four years longer than they would have ever dreamed of in court before they could put a shovel in the ground, and that changes a business plan and a business model. It sure does, and. And from my perspective, one of the challenges is it's not just from a public perception, but how do you how do you manage your your plans when there are changing regulations that are coming on board? So if if you consider that you know the the ground is shifting with regards to greenhouse gas. Um, requirements with regards to state-specific air permitting, air quality rules, you know, it it becomes a really big challenge to predict what's going to happen in a few years and 
to to budget your projects appropriately. So so that's what I see is a big challenge for the industry because, you know, these companies want to do the right thing. Um, they mm-hmm. want to com- they want to comply with the rules, but you know, it just makes it a challenge when 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 the rules are, are changing and, and tightening all the time. You familiar with ESG? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Environmental social governance. Absolutely. So what you just talked about is this is layered and um, you know, people, there's some people out there that put their conspiracy hat on and they think it's a conspiracy. And there's other people out there that are living the reality that what is you're talking about uh, when the rules change, you can't turn on a dime. Okay. So when you need to go back and find investors, Mm -hmm. but now there's this ESG that, a lot of the major banks are are adapting to, adopting to, buying into whatever. That's why what I mean I don't want to get into the whole nitpicking of it, but the reality is it's here. Okay, yep. it is here, and so when uh, refineries and oil companies and people who work in the oil and gas industry are trying to go back to a bank for lending now, it's a whole different ball game. And I'm and I can tell you from the stories we've done in the Meridian. Energy Group and the Davis Refinery. They're opening up one in Texas in uh, Winkler County. I think Kermit is the city, Winkler County, and it's uh, Walton Refinery is what it's called. Yeah. And, they, you know, they, it's, it's here. It's real. I mean, so what, talk to me about the ESG and the investing side because they really do play together. They, they really do. And I like to point out that that the difference between meeting regulations and meeting ESG is that the regulations are kind of the the bare minimum. You've always got to be in compliance with the regulations. Being a a thought leader in ESG is going above and beyond that and and helping your company move forward on, you know, I focus on the environmental part, so I, I don't really know much about the S and the G. But, but from an environmental perspective, going above and beyond the mark to bring value to your shareholders um, for your company. So, yeah, if if no, but that's to large- to your to your point though. I'll, I'll I'll fold in the Meridian Energy Group, and I, I mm-hmm. listen. This isn't is not an ad for Meridian Energy Group. I've just followed them very closely because yeah. it's the first greenfield refinery to be built in the United States in 47 years, I think it is. That's historic. That's like in my backyard, so I'm like all over this, right? And um, Mm -hmm. what I found out is I was interviewing a Zia Engineering out of New Mexico that's working Mm -hmm. on this refinery up here, and I started learning about fugitive emissions and how just the bends of pipes can make all the difference in the world. And, And when I started realizing how simple some of this advanced science is, that totally changed my perspective on, on ESG because what you're talking about is what we've been talking about with Meridian Energy Group is there's a floor, not a ceiling, and yeah. the floor is the minimum. And when yep. you see how easy it is to go above and beyond, that's when you become the leader in that whole ESG movement and that sort of thing. So I get what you're saying. I just wanted to help validate with an example. Sorry. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, a, that's a great example. <clears throat> and, and definitely, you know, in, investors are, are wanting to see that companies are, are moving the needle um, from an environmental perspective. And, and I think part of it, um, 
I'm not too in, in depth with the investor part of it, but you know, it brings value to a company. So if, if the shareholders value the environment, right, then that's where they're going to put their money. So, so it, it comes down to the, the bottom line, the triple bottom line and, and how do we, how do we evaluate ourselves? So, and it's not just in, in the investment space, it's also moving into the insurance space as well. So insurance companies are considering environmental risk when they are insuring companies. So that's coming next. You know, it, it gets very layered. Are you kidding um, me? No, I had, I had a phone call yesterday um, and, and, and that's the oh way my. it's moving. So, oh my. so look into that. Um, well, you know. I, I made the prediction two years ago and it might be three years ago because we are now in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made the prediction that we're probably going to see an ESG score or a carbon score. Um, yeah. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the, the SEC is, is talking about it. Oh, no, um, they are for, now. They are now. I mean, this was, companies, like I know? said, when I started seeing this ESG movement happening because um, I would go to Fort Collins, Colorado, uh, Greeley, and Denver. And so I would stay in Fort Collins because it was between the two and it was easy on the interstate. Well, I've mentioned this before, five, six years ago, I started noticing people look over their shoulder before they told me that they worked in oil and gas in the breakfast bars. <laughs> yeah, and so I started like kind of following this just whole, I called it the kind of the tobacco industry, kind of there was a similarity where it was, it was this new state-sponsored public shaming that was going on, and because, yeah. you know, that's how I looked at it. It's really rank prejudice at the end of the day. And so I've just seen the evolution happen. And several years ago, about three, four years ago, is when I said, boy, you're going to see a uh, carbon score. And then I said ESG score when the ESG term, because for a while there, there was another acronym that was four letters long with the word E. And ESG won out because they were battling for acronyms for a year. So uh, anyway, I, I get the carbon score, I get the ESG score, and it's interesting that you can kind of see that happening too. That's right, absolutely. So what what do you tell companies? You know, you you talk to, you know you talk about your consultant. You you understand the ESG movement. This is the Keep America Beautiful Month. We got some people that don't want to accept this. We got other people that want to get ahead of it, and we got other people that are just trying to wait and see. And I'm not sure if the wait and see is the right approach at this point. I, I agree. So from, from my perspective as a consultant, what I do is, is I inform my clients of the rules and the regulations and the best way to comply with things. And most, most of the oil and gas companies that I work with, you know, they really want to do the right thing. Um, but it all comes down to risk and reward um, for the companies, right? So I, I, can't, I can't put my values onto my clients. I can't say, you know, I think that you need to go above and beyond by this much because that's not my place, right? So, so I bring the information to them, and then ultimately as a business, they need to choose what level of risk they want to assume, and they have to choose – um, how innovative and how forward-thinking they want to move the needle on the ESG perspective as well. 
So it, it, it kind of runs the spectrum, and, and my job is, is to bring that information to them and, and, and how to do it the best way. You know, really, really what you can do is you take the low-hanging fruit first. You know, what's, what's the easiest way um, to get you where you need to be? And then from there, there's going to be hard decisions. If, if you really want to improve your environmental footprint, you're going to have to make some business decisions. And, and that's what it comes down to is that if, if the leadership is ready to make those business decisions, then you can move forward. But, but there's going to be a financial impact for sure. Dr. Ron Gusick yesterday, president of Liberty Oilfield Services, and they have their first ESG report coming out in May. So next mm-hmm. month they're going to publish their first one. When I was doing some industrial forest meetings uh, last year, turn of the year, uh, December, January, uh, there was a lot of companies, and by a lot, at least five that I can think of off the top of my head that we met with that were rewriting their ESG reports. Some of them were doubling in size even. So there's a lot of the top level and that, you know, if you want to call them second tier, I don't know what they're called in oil and gas, but... You know, not the big three because they did probably have probably did their ESG reports five years ago. But you're starting to see some of the larger operators in the United States do these ESG reports. Do, do you think that it's going to be the, the the norm in the next several years? I think so. I I think that it's it's going to become expected. Um, and and if you're not doing it, why are you not doing it? Right. Um, it's also an opportunity for, for the companies who are making the hard decisions to showcase what they're doing, right? Um, so if, if they've got a lot of forward, I keep saying forward thinking, if, if they've got a lot of innovative um, things that they're doing, they want to put that out there, right? They want other companies and, and the public to know about the good things that they're doing. So, so part of it is, is, is advertising what you're doing as a company, but also, you know, if you participate in the process, you can really help set the standard for what your competitors are doing as well. You do much of water. I do. I do. Water, water is a big deal in the oil field. Right? Yeah, no, I was going to say that uh, water is, is probably the next. If, if somebody wants to get ahead of the ESG, air is the big one right now, mm-hmm. okay? Because we all can see the air, and California went through their issues with the cars and the smog and the whole deal, and lo and behold, did a pretty good job of cleaning that up. They did a great job. Um, take a look at the water. I think water is the next one if it's not already here, which I think it is, but it's not getting the, the mainstream attention. But I do think that will be probably the next one to get mainstream attention. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you see currently with water and where do you see it going in the terms of environment? Well, one of the, one of the big issues with water is, of course, that the source use itself, right? If you're using fresh water, um, to frack your wells, that's, that's a natural resource that's being used. Um, and as we're, I'm in Texas, you know, uh, we've got, we've got water shortages, you know, West Texas and, and all across the, the Southwest. So, you know, understanding how can we reduce our fresh water usage? Does that come from a better handling of the produced water afterwards, you know? Um, so there are, there are lots of midstream companies that are popping up 
specifically to handle oil field produced water. Can we clean it up? Can we use it multiple times? Um, what can we do with the water? Um, another, another concept is beneficial uses, right? Um, if, if we're going to re-inject it into the ground, let's do something better with it. Can we clean it up to a certain level and then give it to the landowners to use, right? There's, there's obviously chemical considerations that you have to think about. You, you don't want to drink it, but what can we do with it that is a non-consumption uh, use? So, so I think there's a lot of innovation coming around um, cleaning up that water efficiently, effectively, um, and then coming up with ways of how can we put it to better use as opposed to, as opposed to you know, just getting rid of it. All right, final question, then I'll let you get last word in here. Um, Talked about the G side of things. Uh, that's the transparency, the governance side. You know, you mentioned the, the environmental side, air quality and, and that sort of thing. But, boy, I would imagine those two go hand in hand, wouldn't they? Yeah, I, I mean, people want to, want to trust companies. Um, or maybe they don't. <laughs> uh, it depends on what side of the house you're on. Ignorance but, but is think, bliss. <laughs> ignorance <laughs> is bliss. But 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 I think as a company, right, you have to be transparent with with what you're doing, right? Um, you, if 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 you're saying that um, you're you're doing something in in the environmental space. You need to be transparent in how you're running your company financially and what your goals are and what your um, your values are as a company. And everything is available online nowadays, right? So, you know, people, people can do their own research, go to their own websites and look at whatever they want to look at. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, I think every business, whether you're in oil and gas or, you know, agriculture or whatever, um, people people need to be able to, to trust you. So I think governance is, is definitely, you know, a, a big part of the picture. All right. Final word. How can people get in touch with you? Anything we left out, anything you want to reiterate, just kind of, uh, you know, I like to give guests the final word. So the question isn't shaped and formulated yeah. by me. Well, I, I, I'm a firm believer that that oil and gas really is is part of the green energy mix here in the U.S. Um, oil and gas is doing good things to to wean us off of coal um, and, and and other um, other forms of energy. And I think that you know we're in an energy transition over the next several decades. But oil and gas is here to stay, and we're we're part of the uh, of the solution. So, if you want to get a hold of me, um, please visit my website www.brightskyenv.com. Uh, we are um, an environmental consulting firm dedicated to the oil and gas industry, upstream and midstream is what we love to do. So. Um, I appreciate you having me on the call today. Look forward to, to, to chatting with you in the future. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com.
Food Life with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. Makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota, United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Mike Renfrow from Blue Boat Subsea, who talks about transitioning into the wind energy after 29 years in oil and gas. His transition is not due to interest, rather the managed marketplace that now exists in the energy industry. This is Mike Renfrow. In early 2020, when the COVID crisis was beginning, I had several meetings with a gentleman named Gary Wilmore. Gary and I have done a lot of joint work together over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Gary was actually the state inspector for the state of Rhode Island and installed the Block Island structure, the, the five structures at Block Island in 2015 and 16. And we just sat down talking one day and we said, you know, oil and gas is, is really kind of a, a fading trend, if you will. And Gary says, you know what we ought to do is we ought to start a company between, I, I'm, I'm a bit younger than he is, Gary's 68, I'm 54. He says, you got a lot of a lot of spunk left in you. You know, what would you think if we started a company that did primarily wind? And I, I was familiar with his his previous offshore wind um, installation experience. I said, let's do it, Gary. I didn't even have to think about it. I looked at my wife. It was actually Memorial Weekend. Gary had a barbecue at his house. I looked at my wife. She winked, and I said, Gary, let's do it. And it really, it just didn't take any thought process because it is the future. There are somewhere between six and 15,000 structures that will be installed off the Atlantic seaboard in the next 10 years. And when I started in the Gulf of Mexico, there were approximately 7,000 structures. So in 50 years, we put in 7,000 structures. To listen to the full-length interview with Mike Renfrow, president of Blue Boat Subsea, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota. 
home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, The grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. uh, And and there's- It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't, I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Ector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Ector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 the, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half of the lodge went without water since Saturday 
on Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on a on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? J.P. Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.